Hey, welcome to Pardon the Confusion. This is your host, Travis Greer, and uh, it's a joy to be with you tonight. And we have two very um, experienced guests on our show tonight. Uh, that is my co-host. We have Ernest Watts and Paul Arnold. Ernest and Paul, how, how are you guys? How was your 4th of July? Uh, how many hot dogs did you eat? Nothing nothing says uh, 4th of July like the hot dog eating contest, right? Did any of you guys tune into that this year? I that's about the time I hit the pool. I only ate one, but, uh, it was different, you know, without the, uh, without the crowds. I mean, that kind of made it, and, you know, they, the way they do it, it's not like us. Cause they dip it in the water and soak it. And, and you know, it's, it's, we've had to watch enough off brand sports the last three months that, that, you know, it just didn't, it appealed more when Kobayashi and Joy Chestnut, competed against each other it just seemed to me what do you think paul i didn't really see much of a competition <laughs> well i appreciate travis saying that we're experienced co-hosts instead of old you know yes. but travis we appreciate that um i did watch some of it but it's like jerry seinfeld said in one of his comedy routines he said you watch that but don't you think of what's going to happen after the cameras are off and sort of that whole visual ruins the whole thing for me and i ate two hot dogs this um Fourth of July, and uh, they were delicious. And I like it just with mustard and ketchup. There's some people who would say anything more than that ruins a hot dog. Travis, do you like Ooh. slaw on your hot dog? Uh, I I do not like slaw. Though. Uh, it's like I do not like greens and I do not. I don't like slaw. I like it on the side. I, I prefer more slaw when I'm eating barbecue. I like the barbecue style red slaw is what they call it. But uh, I confess, this is hot dogs on this. I ate two hot dogs and one hamburger, and I kind of over ate. But uh, Joey Chestnut with the Nathan's Famous Hot Dog Eating Contest, he ate 75 in 10 minutes and broke a world record. And I think in the ladies' competition, what, Mickey Sudo, she ate 48 and a half hot dogs in 10 minutes. That's quite a bit. I think the more entertaining part would be, and some sick people would enjoy to watch it, but uh, like Ernest said, we'll put those cameras on. The 10, 15 minutes afterwards, uh, the betting to see who pukes first. But uh, but it was a good 4th of July. You know, we overate, and uh, then we shot some fireworks here off the house and did our own little fireworks show here. But but 4th of July is really about being patriotic, right, and remember what our country was founded on and just the joy of being free and so forth. But I've heard the question posed to men before and somewhat asked to me, well, not asked to me, but what, what if it was, you know, and uh, what is the most courageous thing you've ever done? That's the tough questions. And sometimes we have to have answer tough questions in life. But I want to ask you guys, and I'll start it out, but what's the most patriotic thing you've ever, ever done or even been a part of or timeline in your life have ever experienced? One of the most patriotic things that I can remember being part of growing up is, is I remember in my elementary school, uh, the, my principal, his name was Mr. Cop. And, um, uh, Occasionally, I don't know how routine it was, but I remember several times as we'd be sitting there hearing the morning announcement over the PA, and he would play Lee Greenwood's song, uh, Proud to be American, you know, and that just really was a humbling and kind of a great way to start the day or end the day whenever he played it, and it just kind of humbled me and really is patriotic to me, you know, so it's a pretty good song. But secondly, I remember uh, back in 2007, I was... My uncle Jeff, he was he's a veteran in the military. He was with the Navy, and uh, he took us to Beaufort at the Marine Corps Air Station in 2007 to see the 
the air show and the blue angels were there and of course the 2007 blue angels uh they put on the last kind of uh performance of the day and you know one of them crashed i think was plane number six you know about halfway through the blue angels routine but what was even better is you know their sacrifice and not only they're entertaining us and they kept the show going acting like almost nothing happened you couldn't really even perceive like nothing happened. You noticed, I noticed one plane was, went missing. It went down kind of, uh, and turning the G force and stuff like that. And he lost control. And anyways, it's about three miles away where he crashed, but that, that's, that was just a patriotic event with the music and all those types of things. And, and, um, it was just a great performance, how they kept going despite losing a, um, one of their teammates, Ernest. What's what's one of the most patriotic things that you've ever encountered, experienced, or done yourself that just makes you proud to be American? So you will. Wow! Before you said that plane crash, I was going to remind everybody there's a running joke that every time you hear <laughs> Greenwood saying "proud to be American," it means we're in a war. Uh, right. I would. Well, say, we are. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say uh, we're in seven. Actually, we're in seven yeah. armed conflicts. People forget that right now so please don't forget your military and the families and all that sorry side note i hate to be simplistic but i think the most patriotic thing i do is vote right I mean, I, i've walked over hallowed ground and Tetum, gettysburg shiloh uh a lot of the battlefields uh yeah but i think voting is the best example of being patriotic is exercising your right that is unique to our country. Uh, and that may sound a little jingoistic, but I think the participating parades or as a campaign manager for school president in 11th grade, uh, I think it all goes down to, to exercising your rights. So I would say voting. That's the yeah. most patriotic thing I did. Okay. Paul, you're, you're uh, yeah. uber patriot. So I I agree. First thought was voting. Second thought was when I was a teenager, my dad took us to Washington, D.C., and we went to Arlington Cemetery, and we were there at the change in the guard at the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier. And if you haven't done that, if you haven't taken kids to Washington and been there, uh, I highly encourage you to do so because it reminds you of the tremendous cost of so many patriots and then more personally, lately, uh, at the senior living facility I work at, we always have a Veterans Day service, and we salute the veterans who live in the facility. And there's usually about 40 to 50, and the VFW comes in, and there's one gentleman who can still wear his Air Force uniform from World War II. And we line them up in front of the flags, we thank them, we take their picture. And in that moment, I think I really understand some of the sacrifices these guys went through and it was the stage of life they were going through as well but uh i think voting and just being thankful to people who've served whether they're active service or not is about the most patriotic thing i think you can do exactly yeah so good good deal guys and uh let's let's move into uh the first very topic okay we got a situation okay we're gonna get it hit it hard it's fourth and short right we know football season could be coming and is coming. It's fourth and short. And what are we going to do? Um, I know we probably had our thumbs on Madden and stuff like that. I heard, I heard Paul a while back. He texted the group and said, you got a new PlayStation, right? And back in the, back in that kind of world. But anyways, my son, when we've, we've had a lot of competitions on Madden and he always loves to go for it on fourth and short. I always love to go for it. 
But uh, I'm going to give each of you two topics, okay? Two, I'm going to call in two plays or two scenarios, and you're going to decide which which headline that you're going to go for or which one you're going to punt off to the to the other co-host, okay? So, Ernest, hmm. we're going to start with you, okay? All right. Alrighty. So I'm going to give you going to give you two plays. You're going to decide uh, that's not a good play. I'm going to punt it to Paul, or you're going to go for it. So. If you're going to go for it, just go ahead and give your spiel on it, and Paul will take the Ernest next Ernest is next going one, okay? to go for it, man. He's not going to punt. There's no way Ernest is going to punt. Uh, yeah, Maybe Ernest, he, he can start punt. Wow. Fake punt, fake punt. He might do it. He'll he'll give us something on all of these topics, which, which I value very much. So, Ernest, uh, play number one, are you going to go for it or, or punt it? FedEx is fed up with the name uh, of the Washington Redskins. Uh, and number two, Ernest, the bubbles has popped as the NBA teams, you know, have uh, begin to test positive. We know they're in a bubble down there and starting to ramp those things up down there. But it seems like I've been hearing on the headlines that there's coronavirus cases popping up, people quarantining. So which one of those are you going to take or punt off the Paul? Let's go with what we will believe will be the change with the Washington NFL team. And okay. uh, it's it's funny, the origin actually goes back to when the Redskins were in Boston, and they were originally the Boston Braves. And uh, Jack, uh, at that time, the owner uh, wanted to differentiate from the baseball team, so he picked up the uh, Boston Redskins. Boston Braves, which is the forerunner of today's Atlanta Braves after a brief stop in Milwaukee, the origin of the team is actually after Tammany Hall, which was a Democratic uh a political machine based in Boston and New York, and their symbol was an Indian chief. Mm -hmm. And the owner at that time based the insignia on, uh, he thought his chief was Sioux Indian. He was a fake Sioux Indian. He wasn't fake, but he kept the name and it's gone through different owners, you know, uh, from George Preston Marshall, who was the racist owner, whose name's been removed from the banner, Jack Van Cook, uh, who was the owner now to Daniel Snyder. Now, Snyder has, back eight years ago, made a declaration that he would never change the name, but he has had three minority owners. Uh, they are not only minority owners, they are minorities themselves who are selling their stock, and there's a lot of pressure FedEx. Again, he's losing money. But he saw this coming because back in 13 years ago, he copyrighted the name Washington Warriors with the idea that he was going to get an arena football team. Well, that fell through. And see, he can use that name, use the, the old helmet with the spear, or flip it to honor the military. Now, remember, the present coach, Ron Rivera, his father was in the military, his brother was in the military. He's very, very conscious about that. Always promoted that when he was a coach of the Panthers in that respect. So they can change that. I mean, there have been other names been floated. The Hogs, which uh, after Joe Bugle, who was the old offensive line coach, what he named the old line, he just passed away. Red Tails, which is uh, one of the names of one of the squadron of the Tuskegee Airmen. Uh, I don't think they'll go with that. I wouldn't be surprised if they go this year with just Washington NFL team. And there's precedent. Uh, when the Canadian Football League put a team in Baltimore or the first year they tried to claim they were the Colts, the NFL threatened to sue. So for the first two years, they were the Baltimore CFL team. They could keep the colors, go with Blake helmets, 
stick with this, but as much as people are thinking how magnanimous Snyder would be for finally changing the name, it's a marketing move. True. Yeah. New, new, yeah, new logo, new colors, new image. That's money. Now the money is shared with the entire league, but he'll get a large portion of it. this is a marketing move. And it's the same for the Indians who most right. likely are going right. to go. They were named, you know, the, the Braves are going to stay because they're very deeply entrenched with the Native American community in Georgia and Tennessee and South Carolina. The yeah. Indians will probably revert to their original name, which was the Spiders. Uh, they actually named themselves for uh, uh, Louis Penobscot, who was uh, an Indian uh, Native American from Maine, who was their center fielder. Kansas City Chiefs will keep their name because they were named after the mayor of Kansas City. His nickname was the Chief. But this is this is the marketing move. It's to sell more jerseys, more hats, more stickers, and everything else. So as much as people are saying it's awareness, it's awareness of money. Okay, it's 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 a revenue, new revenue stream, and that's why they're yeah. doing. Paul, what do you think? Okay, well, am I supposed to take the NBA now, Travis? Or yeah, yeah, Paul, like catch catches punt. Let's run yeah, it back. I just put let's, it to you. All right. Yes. Let's, uh, so, all right. Run so, it back. Because the er, NBA. Ernest, you covered the, you know, the whole Redskins things as much as possible. Um, I would disagree, though. It's totally about money. I think there's enough other mood to make it work for both sides of that. Have, have you met Daniel Snyder? Do you know much <laughs> about Daniel Snyder? Money, money, the money. NFL, the NFL may money. be trotting this down, but let's face it. If. If they could do this and not sell extra T-shirts, stickers, helmets. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. Or, 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 Paul, if they did this, if they said all the new revenue we get from the new name, we send to minority awareness causes. or That's not going to happen. Okay. Money. So cynical, Ernest. Where is that that innocent boy that's still inside of you somewhere? Right? Isn't there some? They've, they've been Redskins since 1934, and now you know because it's hurting them in the pocket. <laughs> because FedEx Field, which pays, I believe, somewhere in the range of 300 million dollars a year for naming rights, now they're changing. It. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Still cynical. Yes. All Sorry. Right. <laughs> NBA. 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 Hey, I just think the NBA is just first on this curve that's going to affect the NHL and the Major League Baseball. They all, all the country thought we were getting past COVID and then we got too relaxed with it, especially the younger age group between 20 and 30, 30 to 40. And now we're seeing this huge surge of cases. The question really is what percentage of those cases really are positive, are positive or severe, meaning that, um, is it as many as before? And so I think the NBA and possible other sports are going to have to just say, we just can't do it right now. And we're going to have to delay it until next year. So I'm going to do a bold prediction, Travis. I think the NBA is going to just say this season's done and we'll go for next year. I don't think there's any way they can do it if this keeps on going. TJ Reddick came out early and said, I don't feel comfortable with this, but there needs a big superstar to say, I'm not playing, and I think this NBA thing is going to fold in a hurry. I think that Major League Baseball has a better chance of pulling it off than um, NBA because you're outside. Um, even right. though some of the players have said, no, I'm rich enough, I can take a year off. I still like the idea of Major League Baseball. And then 
the last little tag on this is here in Michigan, the high school sports, they're proposing right now that there would not be any football this fall, that they delay it till springtime, and they allow any sport that is uh, individualist. I can't even talk anymore. One person sport. Individualistic. Yeah, that's it. That's it. You know, this this uh, Kool-Aid I'm drinking must be pretty strong. It's this vitamin water stuff. What is it in there? Anyways, so they're saying golf, tennis, play it this fall and save the energy and the players for springtime. I wonder if that's going to be NCAA football. I, I know there's so much money. There's crazy money involved. But would you rather delay it to the spring and have all the money or most of the money come in or have a week-to-week just terrible scenario playing out? What do you think, Travis? Yeah, I, I, I totally agree because we're in that same situation, Paul, because you know my son played, was signed up for spring ball. We had two practices. They canceled because of COVID-19, and we waited and waited. Okay, what's the status? And uh, they said, we're going to move uh, spring baseball to fall. So the kids had the option to sign up. And then, of course, my son is playing the desires to play football, and he was like, well – which one do we do? You know, would they even have any of them? But the the better scenario is, you know, baseball because you are farther apart and, you know, in the open air and you're, you know, of course, football's outside too. Uh, but nonetheless, I just really think it's have that stop and start and week to week stuff. It's not practical. You can't work with your TV networks and sponsors and it's just going to be too much trouble for what it's worth. And just, we just, just take it easy. Um, can, I, so Paul, can I humbly disagree with both of you? Uh, no. Yes. No, <laughs> I think hockey is the best chance. Really? Yeah. I, I think, I think the NBA made a mistake in, in diving deep when we're going to Disney. I think if they, you know, because when they made the decision, they realized Florida was going to be the epicenter. Hot spot. Yeah. yeah Hotspot. I think Vegas would have been, I think there was a time when they could easily shifted this to Vegas and, and because of the numbers there are not that high, this could be pulled off. I like the idea that hockey is going to split it in two different areas, Edmonton and Toronto. Mm-hmm. I, I think, I think hockey can pull this off baseball. It's interesting. Paul mentioned the older, the guys who are setting out. These are a lot of older guys who probably will never play again. I don't think Zimmerman will return to the nationals. I don't think price will return. You take yeah. a year we'll off. Baseball out. Here in a minute, okay, well, wait, baseball. Save, save but I think I think hockey right now yeah. is in a better shape. I th- I think basketball maybe seventy five percent chance of seeing it. Baseball eighty percent, but I think it's a it's like I said. I think the odds are pretty good. I think that there's a ninety percent chance we're going to see hockey, which is starting later than the other two. Also, right, All right. So let's let's give it to Paul. Paul's got the scenario now. It's his fourth and two now. You know, he, he got the ball, ran it back for a touchdown. I think he did great there, Paul. So two hot takes for you, hot plays, Paul. Which one are you going to take? So number one for you, Newton to New England. Will Newton bring wins for Belichick or a better sense of style on the sidelines? Mm-hmm. Number four, Mahomes make it, makes it rain. Today we heard the headlines and saw him like he landed a big old contract with the, the Chiefs for now worth over 400, 500 million as people are estimating now. So which one are you going to take on that, Bob? I'm going to take Mahomes and punt Newton. Uh, so Mahomes is worth all of this. Yeah. He is at the beginning of his career, only third year in basically starting. 
He's incredibly talented. There's no doubt the knee that he had an injury with is going to be a little bit of a problem, but I think he's going to adjust his style a little bit. Um, I think if you look at the way quarterbacks have been paid over the last 10 years, it keeps on going up and up and up. And if Mahomes is happy and you're happy, I mean, if you pay him 35 to 40 versus uh, a guy like Kirk Cousins for, you know, $3 million less, uh, I think there's no doubt to my mind that if anybody's worth this money, Mahomes is. And what a great guy, too. I, I just think he is exactly what you want right now. He's a leader. He plays really well. He's a stand-up guy in every sense of the way. Um, but now I want to hear what Ernest wants to say about Cam Newton because yeah, Cam's somebody who's not getting paid very well compared to his younger counterpart, right? Cam Newton got hunted to uh, the Patriots and then signed with him on a kind of dismal like one million contract for one year and some of the players across NFL have chimed in how that's just quite not right and uh but Ernest what's your take on Mr. Newton our our fellow MVP here in Carolina okay let me let me first all say a phrase I'd never say in my lifetime it's Mahomes contract maybe worth 450 million it can go up to 503 million but it's only 140 million guaranteed so NFL contracts are a little different in that respect. So remember that if he gets injured, they're not really going to tie up their their cap for 10 years. There is some flexibility in that respect. But to Cam, uh, this is a bridge contract. I mean, they obviously don't think that Jason Stein is prepared to be the starting position. And they know they've seen Hoyer before and they know he can't a lead a team for an entire year. So it's it's a make good for both of them. I mean, remember now, Cam has not played an entire year in like three, three years. years. Right? Yeah. Three. So injury, he's at 30. Uh, I do believe that Daniels will try and, and change the play calling to adjust to him a little bit. Now, they don't have a the tight end that he's used to throwing to. Remember, Cam can't change who he is. So exactly. it's incumbent on the Patriots to modify their offense in a strong running plan, great offensive line. That's what he needs. He's never had a great offensive line. So okay. I think, I think they'll make the playoffs. I think with the extra wild card, they're, they're good. Playoffs. It, playoffs? Yeah. I think it's nine and seven. That's a weak division. Okay. No, you got no. they're not wins the before you start. Oh, no, no, yeah. Mm. Who's, who else is going to come out of the AFC? I mean, that you're talking about an extra playoff team. Houston's not as good as they were last year. Right. Texans and Titans are incumbent on one player. Uh, Indianapolis, they're going to be starting uh, even an older quarterback. <laughs> the Chargers, we don't know what they have. The AFC doesn't have that many good teams. I think they'll be 9-7. and seven. I think they'll make the playoffs. I, I do too, Ernest. I, th I think with this one-year contract, the Patriots have nothing to lose. This is they have everything to gain with what Cam, New a healthy Cam Newton, could offer. And I think they're, they're going to let Cam be who Cam is and 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 do what you know he wants to do. They'll let him dress how he wants to dress, right? But he'll he'll be who he is out in the field, and those they'll mold the offense around him. You know, it's going to you know I, I have my likes and dislikes about Cam Newton and what he provided for the. The Panthers over the years, and there was many good years, many sad times. But I, I look forward to watching from a distance to see what he can do. And uh, 
wouldn't it be something to see if there is a season, if these guys even are able to take the field this year, we, we hope, but uh, you know, to see the chiefs and the Patriots, you know, face off in the AFC championship, right. That would be pretty cool. But anyways, guys, it's about halftime, right? We need to take a, take a break, take a water break. And as Ernest has told me before, when he played football back in the day is taking a drink of water is a sign of weakness, but we know that the H2O is very valuable. So take a drink of water. So the halftime stats update, okay? So some just recent stats around the Greer household. And I want to hear quickly from Ernest here and, like, and Paul, five minutes, a little side conversation, right? Well, we've had uh, some sports going on here at the Greer household. You know, me and my son, uh, we have a basketball goal that old St. Nick brought this uh, past Christmas. And my son, he's seven. He loves to talk trash. We shoot hoops out in the yard and – you know, he challenged me to a game, and, uh, you know, of course, um, a lot of trash talking going on pre-game warms up, but uh, the, the final last words was, take it on, take it easy on me, Dad. So I beat him best best of five points and about five baskets, so I, I beat him up. And, uh, of course, he called cheating and rematched and go easy on me, Daddy. So, Paul, I listened to the podcast a couple weeks ago, and I think you were down in Georgia, and I've just been waiting to hear – didn't see. I, look, I oh, looked on the Travis, ESPN Travis. headlines. I wanted to see if there was any kind of no. How much uh, you want to take? Can I pay you off? Golf here? Match. Can I edit yeah. this out later, man? It, it was abysmal. <laughs> I played on really Let's hard. Let's hear those stats. The stats was the only one you need to know when I played golf with my brother-in-law on a really hard course in Georgia, is I bought a dozen balls to play. I didn't have one of them when I ended. So that tells you what the day was like. It was. Horrible. I don't know if any of you golfers out there get to a point where you think this is not fun anymore. And um, man, it was not fun. So anyways, it was funner to work on my mother-in-law's house, painting her house than to play golf. So it wasn't what I thought it was going to be. So there you go, man. So thanks for bringing Come it on, up. Paul, there had to be at least one good shot. Come on. One good one. one that One that made you feel good, right? It was when no. I hit the turtle on the side of the hill and it bounced back in the fairway. Was that it? Nice. Yes. <laughs> awesome. Good job. Good ball. Remember, remember what Mark Twain said about golf. <laughs> a good walk a good spoiled. Walk spoiled, yes. A good walk spoiled. But, uh, man, that's a good one there. Ernest, we know that you're an avid uh, pool guy, right? Yes. So what's the latest stats on your? Have you shaved much time off of your laps in your pool? What are you uh, about to meet up with? Um, uh, <laughs> oh, uh, Phelps. I, I have, I'm timed by a sundial. That's how. I, okay. I'm I'm able to do 20 laps without coming up for air. I have one of those little wow. masks with the snorkel on the head, that clear face mask. So you don't hold your breath is, for 20 laps. God, probably could, but die from from. <laughs> oxygen to the brain no i i've got the little mass again and i can keep under for about 24 i tire out but again this is an olympic size pool. pool size right? uh, junior <laughs> Olymp- special olympic size pool i don't know special. is it like 30 feet uh, isn't it 35 it's, it's 50 53 by 38 there you go yeah we pay for aligning you know the size so we've, we've been spending a lot of time at the pool as well. So uh, it's been fun. And the, my daughter's actually uh, brave enough to take the floaties off, and she's getting too brave for her her little, I was about to say britches, but her bikini. She's getting too brave for her bikini and uh, a lot of fun times at the pool. So 
let's dive into the second part of the, the, the conversation here, guys, tonight. And we, we've kind of touched base on it a little bit. Ernest was alluding to it, but we know um, baseball is back, right? And uh, one quote that is kind of patriotic and ties us back to America is uh, the field of dreams. Terrence, so y'all remember this quote, the one constant for all the years, Ray, has been baseball. America has rolled by like an army of steamrollers. It's been erased like a blackboard, rebuilt and erased again. But baseball has marked the time. This field, this game is part of our past, Ray. It reminds us of, reminds us of all that once was good and, and that could be again. Well, people will come, Ray. People will most definitely come. So we have, we've had a lot of bad times around us, guys. It's been kind of depressing and uh, hopeful at times, both and or, but you know, we do have some good to look forward to. And, and is baseball, is this through this pandemic and through these hard times of negotiations and contracts, is baseball going to make it through? And well, yes, they will make it through. But what's, what's y'all's take on that? Let's see here. Let me get back to this here. So um, as we were talking about earlier with hot dogs and stuff, as we were grilling out with the 4th of July, just that smell reminding me of the ballpark and, how I wished I was like just sitting there with Ernest. We've been to a few games together, just getting ready, watching the pregame matchup. So, I mean, are y'all kind of excited about baseball? What do you think? Is it, is it going to make it through this time? Is it the constant that will see us through and give us a little bit of hope during these dark times? What do you think, Ernest? There will be a world series. They may not play 60 games. I'll, yeah. I'll go on record for that. And I think you're going to see a lot of, I think they're, they're, starting with a 60-man uh, roster for each team. So you're going to see, like like for the Braves, Freddie Freeman and uh, the relief pitcher they got from the Giants, both tested positive. You're going to see guys test. You're going to see guys disappear. I don't know if anybody's going to play the, the full duration of the game. You may see a abbreviated best-out-of-five game World Series, but there will be a World Series. And we will see some games, we'll see starts and stops, we'll see suspended games, and they're still on record for playing the Field of Dreams game. Uh, it was supposed to be the Yankees and White Sox, it's going to be the Cardinals and White Sox. They're playing in uh, Iowa on the field that that uh, 1982 movie, was 82, 83 and you had to, and you should have done the quote in James Earl Jones' voice. That's that works out better in that respect. <laughs> little little North Carolina sidelight. The role played by Burt Lancaster in that movie, uh, uh, Dr. Graham, was the brother of Frank Porter Graham, which is a school at UNC. The story is true. He got in one game uh, as a, a a substitute fielder for the New York Giants. Never played again and became a doctor in uh, Minnesota and was mm -hmm. a family doctor for years. So that, even though the story is fictional because we don't have ghosts coming out of the outfield, uh, Dr. Graham's part was factual. That's what you that. say, Ernest. I don't know. Yes. Yes, it is. No, I mean yeah. ghosts. Oh, oh, the ghosts? You know, <laughs> you know the big problem with that movie is, don't you? Ray Liotta's playing... Shoeless Joe Jackson, but he bats right-handed. Right. Shoeless Joe Jackson batted left-handed. Any baseball wow. historian would find that in a heartbeat. But that's not what the story's about. It's the playing catch with the dad. Yes. The historical figures and all that, that's just a sideline. Hey, do you, do you think at this, at this Field of Dreams game that they're going to be serving uh, corn on the cob? 
you know, they, they've got the <laughs> field and growing corn and it, I don't, I guess it's, uh, this quote was kind of, uh, that I did tonight was kind of, uh, unique and I didn't know that they were doing that, but that would be interesting. Corn on the cob here in the cornfield, right? Have, have either one of y'all ever played baseball where the corn was the outfield? No, uh, I did. No, I have as a child many times, uh, okay. living on farms, my uncles, uh, we would use the cornfield as the outfield many times. And, you know, the ball would roll in there. We didn't have home runs. If it cleared the corn, it was a home run. But if it bounced in, you had to go into the cornfield and recover the ball in that respect. So that's. You ever see any children in there, Russ? Maybe you see children and, and like the movie signs. I didn't see any aliens in there either. <laughs> oh, okay. But one thing that, as far as it, you know, pass it on to Paul and give his take on it. But uh, the Yankees I saw come up today, uh, yesterday, that uh, spring training with him, the Yankees, Mashiro Tanaka, he, he got drilled and line drive from a pitch, and that just looked rough. You know, it's just, man, does that have to happen? I mean, it's already a rough start to baseball, and just to see a guy get drilled like that, it's always just detrimental. And well, do you remember kind of about, about two or three years ago they were going to mandate these really ugly hats with foam yeah. covers on them and because a couple and I forgot who the pitcher got hit was really severely never returned playing again. And they, you know, the players said, you know, like the great kazoo and the Flintstones, boy, yeah. there's, there's a dated reference for you. <laughs> and they, yeah. you know, fashionably it didn't look that good. So, you know, uh, uh, John Olru, who had an aneurysm, when he pitched in college, he wore a batting helmet. And I, I wonder why we won't eventually see pitchers wear batting helmets. Uh, yeah. You may, but, you know, there may be new new rules implemented in the future. But, Paul, like with this new people, some people are whining and they just can't get what they want. You know, that some people say you just should be happy we're having baseball. But some people were kind of miffed, so you will, about this new rule that they're going to be trialing out this, this year, right, with the uh, uh, extra innings. Do you? Does that ring a bell to you? Why the second uh, guy on second base, right. extra? In, or right. What do you think about that? So I think if you're going to do it, this is the year to do it because this right. is an asterisk year, any way you look at it. I mean, this is so different than any other year. Go ahead and try those different things. Um, this is probably too early to mention it in the same breath as baseball, but I've been watching Premier League soccer, and I text my son i say hey they got crowd noises piped in is that recorded from last year he says no it's ea sports fifa they recorded sound noise for the video game and there's one guy in a production studio somewhere mixing the sound noise so that depending on who has the ball they go cheers or groans or uh, things like that and then if they score they turn it way up and i said well that's sort of awesome he says, but dad, they don't play that for the players. The players have no sound yeah. whatsoever. <laughs> and to me, it fools me into thinking it's a normal game. And I wonder baseball, a big part of me watching baseball is to hear that noise, like the crowd murmuring, cheering, yes. the crack of the bat, the whole thing. I think baseball would be wise to try to have some of that on their games as well, because just we're in the day and age where more people are going to watch it than be there. Even if anybody gets to see it, why not make it feel and sound like the real thing? I don't know if that goes against tradition too much, but throughout tradition right now, we're, we're at a new yeah. era. You know, yeah, you I have the option. Baseball, you got, 
you got to throw in that sound with baseball because it's like for me golf watching it is relaxing and somewhat fun but just the the slowness of it and the quietness of it is just kind of makes it hard but even with baseball what they're dealing with the slowness of their game and you got to have that sound just kind of break up and add to the mentalness of watching the games i think that's a good point paul well, well, you know, what you have, have us? Well, you have the option with the Premier League. NBC will let you. You can go to their website and watch the game without the piped-in music. So they offer that option to people. Now I've watched the, the Korean League. They don't pipe in. They, some games they pipe in noise. Depends on the home field. Uh, I'd rather be quiet where I could hear the players and hear the managers and hear the coaches. I'd, I'd like to have that experience, but. You know, it's to each his own in that respect. I don't think it adds. I don't think I'd not watch because there's not any noise. And I I'm, I'm, certainly wouldn't be encouraged to watch if there was piped in noise. It's, uh, you know, they did that. Carolina Broadcasts basketball did that for a while. They piped in noise to the radio broadcast and they got called on it uh, for being artificial noise. Like I said, I, I you know, that's. A lot of games I watch with the volume down because most of the announcers are idiots anyway, so, and I know more, <laughs> and I know more than they do anyway. So, so here's a quick question: I yes. noticed golf has gone quicker without fans. The players play faster; they don't seem as uptight. Except for except for one particular well, golfer who uh, to be filmed. Yeah. All right. So, but I think, do you think baseball games will be shorter because there's less fans no. there? Commercials, no. No, it's okay. advertisement. Until I start doing advertisements at the bottom of the screen, like you do in soccer games and other sports, no, they're they're still gonna, because the the delay is on advertising. If you look at the baseball games in the '60s, had an average of two hours. Now we're almost up to four hours, mm-hmm. and the difference. There's always been fans in the stands. It's they they've lengthened the advertisement time, TV broadcasts. More revenue, more commercials, more revenue. That that's your problem. So speaking of commercial though, and a, a good value of an hour, I'm just going to put a plug in for Boys of Summer podcast, right, Paul? I'm sure you guys are will be recording once again soon with Gene Gum and Paul and Eric Braun about uh, the upcoming potential season. So, yeah, tune in to Boys of Summer podcast. Yeah, shameless plug. Yeah, Good I'll send deal. you that five dollars pretty soon here. Okay. Speaking of Boys of Summer, did y'all notice how starved ESPN is for programming what they showed last Sunday night at nine o'clock for two hours? <laughs> I have only no you idea. can know. Only you know, Ernest. Tell us. At Eagles concert from three years ago. Wow. On ESPN mm-hmm. regular, not plus. Yes, anything? ESPN regular from nine o'clock to eleven o'clock. They showed an Eagles concert from the Forum in 2000, 2017. Wow. Because that's been the prime time. That's when they ran the, the Michael Jordan series. That's when they showed the the uh, the McGuire Sosa, which was horrible, and the uh, Be Water, the Bruce Lee one, and the two weeks of Lance Armstrong. That's when they've been showing their 30 by 30s. So they ran out of programming, and they have to show – some new programming for advertisers or advertisers can call rebates on the rates that ESPN charges advertisers and cable companies and satellite yeah. companies. Sorry. Speaking, little, behind yeah. the numbers there. Sorry. Yeah. But speaking in piping in music and Eagles concert, not to end on a, a sad note, but, uh, uh, we ended it on positive note, but kind of closing it up and wrapping it up. But, uh, with music, we, we thought they lost a country rock music icon today. Right. 
you know, heard Charlie Daniels, he, he passed away of a stroke. Mm-hmm. He's a Wilmington, he's a Wilmington, North Carolina, North Carolina native. And he passed away today. And, uh, one of, his, one of his most infamous songs is, of course, if you don't know, I'm sure people listening on Sports Country Radio and uh, we'll hear some, probably some tributes in the next coming days. We'll hear some, a little bit more, maybe Charlotte Daniels and uh, his devil went down to Georgia. And I've uh, I looked him up a little bit today as I was working. I looked up Amazon Prime, my music, and just played a few songs just to remember back some of the songs I'm familiar with. But uh, he did a remake back in 2012 on Monday Night Football with devil went down to georgia to uh with denver broncos and atlanta falcons so take a take a google break after a while and uh take a look at that that was pretty clever and, and uh travis, you guys have yeah well, i was gonna say travis do you know that that song was based on a very famous short story do you know what that is paul will know give me a shot paul help me out Wow, I can't remember it right now. Sorry, it must you, be you this Kool-Aid I'm drinking. It. Okay, uh, Stephen Vincent Benet had a famous poem, short story called "The Devil and Daniel Webster." Yes, yes, which of course, is, I, I knew that. Yeah. Okay, which is yeah. the same same basis is a challenge with the devil, and a, that's a a contest, so to speak. It's a contest of words, but the idea is you get the best of the devil at the end because of a, a bet, a gamble. A risk and the same, which has been overplayed in so many other mediums in that respect. But mm-hmm. yes, you're right, Paul, uh, David. David, excuse me. Wow. Sorry, Paul, Paul Travis. David, Travis. All <laughs> of you. I get you all. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, it's, he was born in Wilmington and was raised in Cabarrus County and then moved to Nashville. And he got his start as a studio artist. Yeah. Uh, uh, basically part of the Nashville Sound, did four albums with, with Bob Dylan before he did a single. His first actual song was Long Haired Country Boy. Which yeah, that was, was one of my favorite songs. Yeah. And yeah, he did, he did a sequel to that. He did a sequel to that, and then he did Devil, which he had revised over a period of time because there's a word you cannot play on family radio in that song. Sure. But And it's unusual in that Usually, uh, pop and country songs like their songs to be timed somewhere around three minutes and 30 seconds. Yeah. So you can get advertisement again. Sorry, Cynical Ernest shows up again. Yeah, and that was a long play. It's actually a six minute song. And yeah. he had to fight to get that on. I've actually had the opportunity, I met him many years ago in Nashville. And, and uh, again, did not bring up that we were raised in a similar area, but uh, his, him and I's politics kind of divert in different directions, but a gifted musician, to say the least, very gifted, could play about any instrument that he could put his hands on. Yeah, his his lyrics and his, some of his songs I enjoyed in like Long Hair Country Boy that you mentioned, Ernest, they just hearing that song and the music and how he plays it. It just the imagery pops up in my brain on how he walks into the bar and you know lets his hair down and yeah yeah very good. So uh, the two minute two minute warning whistle has blown and I just want to give uh, give a shout out. I enjoyed uh, hanging out with you guys, chatting with you and um, uh, Paul. Has just you got any closing last words? These last two minutes. Um, hey, enjoy the sports as they come out. I really enjoyed the golf tournament. Believe it or not, watching Shambo who hits 450 yard drives in the fairway, unlike me. Um, 
win that tournament. It was just really compelling golf uh, to see somebody take risks and just change the way the game is played. And then on a more serious note, hey, keep on washing your hands, folks. We're not over yet with this thing. And the best way to enjoy life is go out and be with your family someplace where you can be safe. And I'll pass to Ernest. Okay, this is where we get into old man radio. So where we go, or old man podcast. Sorry, excuse me. Uh, we lost a, a, a legend this week, and that's Carl Reiner. Uh, I was a big fan of your show of shows. He was one of the the writers with Mel Brooks and Neil Simon and Woody Allen, probably the most talented writing crew of any comedy show whatsoever with Sid Caesar and Imogene Coca. And then he uh, originally designed the show for uh, CBS based on a comedy writer, but they told him he was bald and ugly and he couldn't do it. So he played uh, the side character and the show that older folks would realize as the Dick Van Dyke show. And later on, he uh, really started comedy radio on records with the million year old man with Mel Brooks that even today is hilarious and revised his career with a series of movies with Steve Martin, the jerk, the uh, uh, man uh, uh, with the plaid suit and the man with two brains. Uh, comedy classics. In respect. A lot of people would remember more for his son, Rob Reiner, but Carl Reiner was still vibrant, very funny. He was the epitome of the straight man. If you know anything about comedy duos, you have to have the straight man, the, the Costello of Abbott and Costello, the Oliver Hardy of Laurel and Hardy, these individuals set up and it's timing is the secret to it. But Carl Reiner was an erudite, intelligent, very good man. The last thing I saw him on was Jerry Seinfeld does a little series on Netflix called Writing in Cards with Comedians. And he did it with Mel Brooks. They went over to eat dinner with Carl Reiner, who was just as sharp as ever. And a gracious man and a very funny man and a man who indebitably has, has been part of pop culture since 1948. And again, a genius in comedy, somebody I've admired for a long time. And I don't really think gets the due being the straight man that he was for many years. Yeah, good deal, Ernest. Yeah, I heard caught wind of that earlier this week and uh like i said it's been a great evening and we appreciate everyone tuning in tonight to pardon the confusion and if you got any feedback for us don't email me don't blame me uh give paul an email you know that's that's how i got uh started and enjoyed i obviously work with Ernest and uh just give some feedback to paul he you can email him and any questions or topics or anything give him an email at go arnold at gmail.com He's lonely. He's lonely. Please email him. Yes. Yes. Fill his in. I thought you guys and, uh, were my friends. Yep. What's the deal? Wow. Yeah. I'm generating. I'm generating programming uh, material for you. I respect. <laughs> we are your friends. Yeah, you should but, be. You should be revived. You've gone to the sweet south for a while you, before you left the shackles of the north and enjoyed spending time in the good old bosom of the south. Yeah, that's the <laughs> where Bible we both live. Yeah, Long but, uh, live Krispy yeah. Kreme Donuts. Is that what you're saying? Ah, uh, Krispy Kreme, Win Dixie, Bojangles. Shall I go on? Boiled peanuts, fried chicken, mm. yeah. potato yeah. salad. Mm. 
apple donuts. pie. This is a barracuda. Oh, yes. That's the epitome. Yes. But nonetheless, yeah, just download our podcast, share with a friend, give us a rating on uh, wherever you listen to your podcast. and uh, Share with enemies. We don't guys. care. I mean, people you don't care for. And there you go. Yeah. Maybe you win them to your side. And remember that. Go Blue Arnold at gmail.com. Thank you, guys. Have a good night.